Hello and welcome to All Things Albion, the podcast dedicated to West Bromwich Albion. Please welcome my co-host, it's Steve. Ooh, it's Steve. Ooh, he walks down Halfords Lane. He's anything but lame. It's Steve. Well, thanks for that. What an intro. <laughs> Actually, I've got, I got, I got dodgy knees, so I might be a little bit lame, to be honest. <laughs> You're not you're anything but lame, mate. Anything but lame. <laughs> um, right, so... Um, Lots to talk about as usual on this podcast. We've got two games to review: our win against Sheffield United, and then our loss yesterday against Blackburn. Um, we are recording this on the fifteenth of August, Monday the fifteenth. Um, so let's briefly talk about the Sheffield United win because that was the first game. Um, Colin Grant scored uh, late on in the game. Came on, scored. Uh, there was a bit of a worry that he was injured, but it looks like obviously he was okay because he played against Blackburn. Um, what did you make of the game? Well, I'm going to throw my hands up uh, and admit that I didn't actually see the game. Um, yeah. I didn't go to the game, and um, so I was a bit screwed, really, to be honest with you. But uh, So to comment on the game, other than very, very superficially, seems a little bit disingenuous uh, from my side of things, other than uh, um, it was good to see uh, some, of, some of our... Um, well, some of the players who started... You know, it was nice. It was nice to see Cleary um, get a start. I wish he could have took that chance away that he had the opportunity to score from. Um, it would have given him this just this huge boost if that would had gone in. But um, anyway, it was a good save apparently, from what I understand. Um, and it was it it fell to Carl and Grant to score the one and only goal of the game. To be honest with you, so and really, as I say, I can only speak about it superficially, Mike. So uh, my apologies about that. No, it's okay, mate. Um, obviously, good to see TGH get a start. And, not, and like you said, last week, um, it was a chance to give our fringe players a, a, a go, and they obviously did quite well. Um, like I said, you know, I think it's best to move on to the, the bigger story, I suppose, or the more recent game, which is where we lost 2-1 to Blackburn yesterday. Um, Biriton Diaz scored a, um, a goal he created pretty much out of nothing. Um, and then Sam Gallagher, Sam Gallagher, sorry, made it two uh, before uh, Dean Garner shot, scored a deflected goal in the second half. Hoped we'd equalise, but unfortunately we didn't. I thought we played well. Um, I don't think we played poorly. We weren't played off the park by any means. If anything, I thought we were the better team. And if you look at the stats, bar the goals, which obviously is the most important, um, we were we were impressive. So. Um, we did watch this game, didn't we? What did you think of it? I was, uh, like always, <laughs> I'm always left feeling sort of similarly when I watch when I watch the, the game, unless we play well and win. Uh, I, I find myself thinking, well, we've played well there and drawn, or we've played well there and lost. Yeah. And I, and I think to myself, but there's just there's just that little ingredient missing um from our uh, from our from our uh, well personnel really i think is is what i'm saying we just haven't got a striker we we just haven't i mean uh, i'm always drawn back to this carl and grant thing because somebody can always counter anything that i say by saying oh yeah but he got 19 yeah. goals for huddersfield uh, and, and then i mean obviously he didn't get so many in the premier league and then he got well, I think it was about eighteen wanted for us in the yeah. uh, in, in in the last championship season, and 
But honestly, I mean, he, he could already be on, what, five, six goals in, in the first four games of this um, of this season. But here we are again. I mean, I know he got that 18 goals last season, but he, I still say he could have got 35, 40. But anyway, yeah. anyway, if, I'm, I'm running off at the mouth, Mike. And and, and really, what I'm, I should be talking about the game as a whole, um, and building on to what you what you said, yeah, I thought we played well. I, I thought we overall um, were the better side. But once again, at key stages throughout the game, um, we'd we'd let ourselves down. With we'd either give the ball away, or we'd make a stray pass, or somebody yeah. miscontrol it, or it would or it would roll out of play, or it would be overhit, uh, and. Uh, but anyway, it, that frustration was there. Uh, although we played really well, um, the, the, the standout, the standouts for me, uh, I've got to be honest, um, was uh, once again Wallace was very good for us um, on the one wing, and Grady Diangana was so energetic and hard working um, on the left. Uh, I, I couldn't help but be impressed by those two. Um, yeah. Grant frustrated me. Yet again, uh, the crosses that did come in, nobody was anywhere near him, apart from Grady Diangana himself, who got on the end of one and managed somehow uh, to put a, a header from about, I don't know, about four yards into the ground and wide when it seemed easy at score to me. But, um, yeah, th- those were the two impressive players. Those, those are the ones that really got me interested um, uh, in the game. I thought we... Uh, we battled well. I thought I thought we we weren't as impressive as we were against Watford, but obviously we were way way more impressive than we were against Borough. Um, and as I said, I didn't see the the Sheffield one. Second half, um, again, I, I thought, well, we, we we're going to do things here. I mean, obviously we got the goal, and um, and I thought, well, crikey, could we could we actually come back from two nil down to to get a point? Uh, I, I never get the I can never get the feeling we're going to come back from two goals down to get the win because that means obviously scoring three goals, uh, and in all four games so far we've scored one goal um, in each. Yeah. Uh, and if we're only going to score one goal in each, we ain't going to win many games. Uh, just we're just not. So um, yeah, it, it was that sort of a game for me. It was um, ebb and flow. Um, the difference between our two. Two sides, in in my opinion, were obviously Brereton Diaz, um, and uh, and their goalkeeper. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I uh, think I think looking from my point of view, um, it, 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 we seem very good between the two boxes. Sort of like you know, from our third final third of the pitch to their final third of the pitch, we're very good. Keep the ball well, you know, threaten, uh, can get the ball wide very well. Um, but we seem to be lacking when it comes to key moments, like you said, in, defensively. I mean, I thought Semi Ajayi had a little bit of a weaker game yesterday, but I don't want to go too much about that. He's, he's played well this season, and him and O'Shea seem to be flourishing as a centre-half partnership. I thought the full-backs were a bit poor. Uh, Connor Townsend didn't have a particularly good game, neither did Furlong. And then, obviously, David Button. Um, there's been a lot of talk around him. There was a... 
you know, we we sort of debated last week, didn't we, whether he was at fault for the Watford goal or not. And you said that he was um, probably more of a victim of Livermore's, you know, poor pass. Um, but then this week, it's hard to criticise goalkeepers because, you know, you, you look at it and think, well, could he have got there? Could he have not? I said at the time on Twitter, I've seen trees fall quicker than him when he tried to get down for that, that especially the first goal, Brereton for Diaz, the first goal for Blackburn. And then obviously up front, and I said this as well, I tweeted this at the time, is we can get the ball wide very well, but there's nobody to aim at. There's nobody up front who is good in the air. Carlin Grant, and yes, he has been debated pretty much ever since he's joined the club. He doesn't offer much besides goals. Yes, he scores goals, and I understand that. But besides that, he doesn't offer anything. He doesn't offer you know, an option as a target man. He doesn't bring other people into play. I don't think he particularly stretches the, the play either by, you know, sitting on the last man. But he does score goals. So I think we're in desperate need of a striker. But going back to the goalkeeping situation, and I have banged the drum of Ben Foster over and over and over again. I just don't think David Button is a number one. I just He doesn't fill me with confidence. He is a competent goalkeeper, but I don't think he's going to be saving us points this season. I don't think there's going to be any games where we're going to turn around and go, well, thank God David Button was in goal because if he hadn't, we'd have lost that game where we ended up winning it. Yeah, I, I concur with that. I think my my opinion on uh, David Button to anybody uh, who's listened to these these podcasts, I, I think he's, he's, he's not, uh, I'm not keeping it a secret. I just don't, don't rate him t- too highly. No. Uh, I, you, you said it, uh, competent, I think it was the word you used. Uh, fair enough. Uh, but, that's not inspirational. That doesn't inspire confidence. Competent doesn't inspire confidence in um, in defences, uh, and competent doesn't doesn't thrill the crowd. Uh, I mean, he's, I know he saved a penalty um, against Watford, but God, that was a pathetic penalty, and and he went, but he went the right way, and and so yeah. I, I commend him for that. Um, but he went down in stages. It just it just felt like there was no snap. To the way he responded to the shot by um, Diaz, and um, and so consequently, he sneaked in the corner. Uh, but you know, it was well up the corner, and he didn't get to it, and it was a goal. I don't want to pillory the bloke, but as I concur with you, mate, I don't. I just don't think he's good enough. No, I think like you know, the, the Diaz goal and the the Sam, the Sam Gallagher goal. You could you could point a few fingers. I mean, Semi Ajay was beaten too easily for the. Um, for the, the Diaz goal, like he pulled it and turned it into his left foot, didn't he, Diaz, and then swung it round button. But, yeah, like I said, I don't want to go on about it, but I just, you know, it's the same thing I've said for ages. We've got, a, a, in my opinion, a better goalkeeper that I believe is still training with the club, and it just seems ridiculous that he hasn't got a contract and we're having to put David Button in goal. Why not give Alex Palmer a shot? What's happened to Josh Griffiths? I know he's been sent out on loan, but... Like I said, at some point you've got to give them these chances, but I don't want to be too negative because it feels like, you know, I've come on the podcast and it's like, because we've lost and I don't want it to be like that. We did play well. We played well, you know, and there was times when the football was very good, but I just think final third, each end, we're just lacking. Yeah. Um, Go on, sorry. Really, I just wanted to add one thing on to what we're discussing there is, I think, I think, yes, we were the better side, uh, and I think, by some way, we were the better side, really. Um, talking about the sort of the way we progressed from, you know, through the pitch, if you like. Uh, 
and that sort of really is a bit of a reflection on Blackburn um, because yeah we've got the faults we've been talking about in our um, in our play but Blackburn were still lacking we were still pretty much I think substantially better than them so I think really what we've been beaten by there is certain areas a bit of a lack of quality by ourselves um, and the inability to score uh, yeah what we've got to do is correct those two things uh, we, we need to up the quality of our play a little bit um, and cut out cut out the silly the silly mistakes and the and the you know the poor passing and the poor control uh, and then start sticking up the ball in the net there was one comedy session between um, Grant and Robinson it slap bang in the middle of the penalty area near the penalty spot where we, we, was that when we slipped over he tried to back heel it. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, well, just touch the ball forward there to Robinson. But he ended up touching the ball to running past Robinson and then trying to back heel it to him and ended up falling over. Swift that, did it as well, didn't he? When yeah, yes, and he, but he managed to hit it against his own foot and then it went out. Yeah, it was just little, little things, isn't it? Little, little, little bits of concentration and that little bit of quality we seem to lack at the moment, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. But like, a, like you, you, you rightly point out, we, we're in danger of sound coming across here as miserable gits, and, uh, and, and 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 we we shouldn't be that way. No. We shouldn't we shouldn't be that way because we didn't play badly, um, but we were on the end of um, a couple of good forwards, uh, which is yeah, that quality where it counted. I think. Like yeah, said. what what we desperately lack. Yeah, goalkeeper and up front, I think, is, you know, something they obviously got real quality in and it showed. But yes. So let's hear from Uncle Steve. And um, by the way, just a little quick side note. I really, really appreciate how some of our listeners have started referring to us Uncle Steve as well. <laughs> I think it's great. So anyway, um, Uncle Steve Bruce uh, was talking to WBA.co.uk. And he said, we're really disappointed to have lost the game. I can't really remember my goalkeeper touching the ball apart from picking out the back of the net twice. I'd say we were totally dominant. We played really well in large parts, but the little bits at the end, scoring goals, we've been unable to add to our performance again today. We've created some really good chances and we only managed to take up one of them. You don't get many really good chances at this level, but we seem to be creating them. In terms of the overall performance, I can't really ask anything more of the players we've dominated. Um, we've been done on a 1-2 and we've given the ball away for, go for the goals we've conceded. We spoke a lot of about the way they play and how they'll defend deep and play on the counter and that's what they did. The two boys up front have won, the, won them the game and they're decent players at this level. They've taken their chances and we haven't been able to take ours. Sometimes this game is cruel. We could have easily picked up nine points from our first three games but we're sat here on two. We have to stick with it, keep believing and go again this week. We've got two big home games coming. We're playing well. The supporters are going away thinking, how have we lost that? Uh, football is a cruel game at times, and that's just the way it goes. We'll be hoping for two better results next week back at the Hawthorns. And yeah, something I want to um, comment on that actually. The, we've had we've had a pretty hard start, I think. Really looking back, you know, Middlesbrough, Watford, and Blackburn, um, two of those games being away, and they are three teams that you'd expect to be populating the top six at the end of the season. And so Sheffield a, United, Sheffield United, yeah, Sheff a, yeah, Sheffield United, was, yeah, in the cup. I mean, we haven't yeah. had a we haven't had a game uh, which is a versus a team that's not expected in the top six yet. No, that's true. We we have had you know some some pretty difficult games, but now 
we've got two win in my opinion really winnable games coming up you know we've got cardiff and then we've got hall we'll preview those games later but i just want to mention it now because they're both at home they said they're both winnable games i mean we'll say we'll say that hall have done quite well i think they're at the top of the league or something like that or second in the league <coughs> but they're two games that we should be looking to at least get four points if not six from really shouldn't they uh, well, yeah. I mean, home games for a start. We sh- we should be beating everybody at home, um, which it sounds really, really. But it's like we should be, you know. It, it with the squad that we've got um, and the way that we can play, we shouldn't be losing any home games. And and when I say not losing them, I, I mean winning the vast majority of them, um, because if we can get the crowd like they were against Watford, and the, and the reason for that, of course, was because the team was performing well, then um, we're the 12th man, and I, I, I think I think we could have a good season as far as that's concerned, but uh, we've got to cut out the um, the poor quality, uh, the occurrences of poor quality, and, and we've got to start scoring the goals instead of just missing them and squandering the chances. But apart from that, I can't see why we shouldn't be beating um, Cardiff and Hull at, at home games, um, definitely should be three points each those are more the games that steve bruce's job the team's job is going to be scrutinized for rather than you know a 2-1 loss away at blackburn because blackburn are a, a good side and we're away so anyway so let's look at transfers and i think the the place i want to start is alex mowat uh, a couple of days ago now i think uh, the it was announced that he'd gone on loan to Middlesbrough, which I'll admit, when I first heard about it, I was pretty unhappy, pretty frustrated, because I think it's 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 too bad what things. One is obviously we're losing, and people people said Alex Mo isn't a quality player, but in my opinion he is. So in my opinion, we're losing a quality player, and not only that, we are strengthening our promotion rivals with a quality player. So, from at the time when I first heard about it, I was quite angry because I thought, well, how does that make any sense? If you're going to loan him, okay, if you have to, but don't loan him to a, a, a direct rival. Loan him to a, a team that's not, you know, pushing us for promotion. It seems crazy. Uh, well, the only way it makes sense is because we're making room uh, on the wage uh, on the wage bill for uh, for somebody else to come in. Uh, but even build, even bearing that in mind, um, they've they've received a, a chunk of money, haven't they, uh, Middlesbrough? Um, they, I don't think that they're starved of funds. I think they've got a little bit in the bank, uh, from what I understand. And um, if we want to, if we want to move a player on, why aren't we selling him? Why, why aren't we? Why aren't we selling him to Middlesbrough, and then we can use the money that which would be far more substantial than a loan fee and getting somebody off the wage bill i would have thought than it is to do those things to do the latter if you know if they want him well okay you want him so what are you going to pay for him now i I don't know to what extent um the conversation went with obviously or went went as but i just thought well okay the, the Alex Mowat uh, pre-injury, because I didn't realise he was injured 
uh, when he was when he when he had that second half of the season that was quite poor. Um, but having found out that he was injured, what we've done is we've seen him when he was decent, uh, and then we've seen him for the other half of the season when he was injured and wasn't decent. So he's now fit. So we've loaned him out. Well, that oh, the only way that that makes sense is that that they've got their hooks into somebody good that they want to bring in in his place, or at least uh, somebody else into the squad to uh, to fill one of the other gaps that's uh, that needed. Yeah, it just it seems a little bit desperate from our side, really, in terms of you know, like I said, loan him out if if you must because. You know, there's the there's the rumor. I don't know if this is true, but apparently wasn't willing to relocate uh, within was it 45 minutes or an hour of the training ground. Um, I've heard you know other rumors that obviously, well, this is really a rumor, but this is you know he's obviously well down the pecking order of our centre midfield. You look at who's in front of him now. You obviously got Lukashlu coming in, uh, and Malumbi's doing well. But with Alex Mowat in isolation and you made a good point last week about wanting him to become that link between the defense and the midfield you've got livermore you've got reach reach plays semi midfield and livermore is currently occupying semi midfield those are two players especially who are weaker than alex mowat in my opinion which says to me I mean, obviously, there's going to be no takers for Livermore because I don't think he's a particularly good player for us. And he's on what I'd imagine would be astronomical wages. And the same goes for Reach. So it almost feels like what we've done is after DK's got injured, we've gone, oh, we need a striker. We you know, we, we don't have DK anymore. We've, we've got no sort of centre forward number nine. Kenneth Zahor is a joke. Uh, Callum Robinson has been deemed not good enough. And obviously, there's been the ongoing... Um, I don't know, sitcom with Preston. So we, we're, we're sort of scrambling around for a striker now. Because our owner, majority shareholder, whatever he likes to call himself, the apparent and chairman, and chairman the apparent billionaire, uh, Goa Shin Lai, has, just takes money out of the club left, right and centre. We've just had to get rid of who we could off the wage bill to try and free up some funds for a striker. So it's frustrating for me in many different aspects. But on the flip side, if it does mean that we bring in a quality striker, a number nine who can lead the line, don't understand. I feel sorry for Bruce and Gourlay. I feel like they've been really pushed into this position because it's evident we now need a striker with DK being out. I believe it's two months. I've heard it's two months that he'll be out for. So then obviously he's got to get fit and everything. So... Yeah, like I said, there's diff- different aspects to this transfer, but what's your thoughts on it? I've, I've waffled on enough. Well, uh, as far as Moet's concerned, I think I've said my, my piece, to, to be perfectly honest with you. I, um, it all depends on who comes in. Uh, if we get somebody in who can actually play as a striker and, and they start sticking the ball in the back of the net, showing Grant how to do it and, and how, how the others showing the others how to do it as well, then we will think to us, it'll all fade into insignificance that Moet's gone. Won't it? I mean, if he's on loan, he, he can't play against us, uh, at, at least. But um, yeah, that's true. I think I think um, I think it all depends on who comes in. Uh, that's the key thing for me. Yeah, the rumor that circulated around Twitter this morning um, is Liam Delap. Um, John, it was a strange one actually, because last season, John, me and John did a 
uh, like a feature of who we should sign um, last season. And his top choice was Liam Delap on loan from Man City. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, it looks like Pep Guardiola has confirmed that he'll be loaned out. So hopefully, I think if we got somebody like Liam Delap, you know, he's six foot one, it's a big lad, could lead the line, score the goals that we need, as well as because Grant does score goals. Um, and like you said, if that was to happen, then you would think, well, yeah, I can understand loaning Alex Mowat out. And just for the record as well, I understand why they've loaned Alex Mowat out because, you know, like I said it's not Gourlay and, and Steve Bruce's fault because they've been backed into a corner. My only real criticism of that side of things is why do you have to loan to Middlesbrough? My only thing feeling is they were the only club either interested or being able to pay his wages because I imagine he's on a, a you know a few quid he's probably on a decent whack contract so the only reason i can think that they they chose middlesbrough to loan him to was because the only they were the only viable option to do that i would say that uh, circumstances have aligned so that if we want to, to get some money in then needs must as the devil drives it, yeah. it, it, it's Middlesbrough and if it's Middlesbrough it's nobody so we've had to go with that uh, like I said I mean the key for me is who comes in instead of him and if it's a good centre forward who starts cracking the goals in nobody will uh, nobody will no. blink at it to be honest no absolutely um, the other one I mean this is just very briefly and this was you know a throwaway comment on Twitter and I don't know there's any truth in it but someone was trying to say that we we're going to re-sign Mateus Pereira and that's why we'd loaned Moet out yeah, uh, I've seen I've seen various Twitters uh, on it. To be honest with you, and I, I, you know what? There's no point. There's no point in commenting on it, really. I, I, I mean, the latest one that I've seen was from somebody who, who said he's actually going to sign for Wolves. <laughs> Great. So he, I mean, and that's fair enough. I mean, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with signing for Wolves. Um, if you don't mind losing at the Hawthorns, but. It, it, <laughs> But it, why would he come up the Albion? You know, yeah. why would why would, oh, I suppose he'd come up the Albion to see his old mates, perhaps? So yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see what what's going on there. But um, I, I mean, he's a good player, and I'd like to see him back in the squad. But when I think about the the financial constraints that's placed on uh, on our club by uh, by various people, um, I don't think I don't think we'll be going there. I think we need there's we desperately need a centre forward now. Yeah. There's more pressing issues, isn't there? It's not just that. It, I mean, the, the players or positions that we have got players in, right back and left back, um, they were really unimpressive yesterday. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, Townsend, I'd, I'd got real hopes for Townsend. Um, and I thought to myself, here, we've got a prospect. We've got a good uh, a good left back here in, uh, in Townsend. And... Um, He's young and he's going to progress. Well, the progress, the progress seems to have stopped. Yeah. Uh, and and Furlong, although he was really good against Watford, the combination between uh, him and Wallace seemed to be maturing. Yeah, maturing nicely. Uh, and then yesterday comes along and he's back to back to deeply average. So yeah. you know. We have got some problems in the squad that need sorting out, to be honest. But uh, and and that is in a in a game that we dominated. Our two fullbacks were were, were not that brilliant. So uh, just imagine what we'd be like with two really good fullbacks. And 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 the other thing that astonished me was you want a fullback on, you want Furlong off, 
And yeah, tactically, they decided to bring Matt Phillips on. Well, what tactics did they satisfy? I'd, you know, TGH coming on instead of Furlong. I'd have had that. I'd have had that all day. But as soon as I saw Phillips come on, I thought, well, we're going to be in the same situation as we were when Phillips was on previously, i.e. not a great deal happens. Yeah. It's... See, it's a difficult one for me because, you know, I, I, I sort of really rattled against the machine last year with Steve Bruce in charge and, and I really didn't want him there. And I've tried my best to, to be as positive as possible and, you know, um, continue to try and support him because I, I said at the time, well, he's going to stop now. So there's no point in me coming on the podcast every week and saying Bruce out, Bruce out, Bruce out because it's pointless. You might as well just get on board with it and hope for the best. But he does make decisions that do make me scratch my head. And that Phillips for Furlong one was one of them. TGH was impressive against Sheffield United. He played at right back and he did really well. I mean, I'm just going to read um, Uncle Steve's quote from it. He said, I thought he was excellent. He's been terrific since I've arrived at the club. He wants to play every game. He did very, very well. And that's his position. So that gives us food for thought too. I think they've done well. Gardner Hickman's come through. Tom Fellows has come through. I'm like everybody. The way the academy is, I think we've proved over the last two or three years we've been successful with it. Unfortunately, we've lost too many. The system fails us, but we keep producing one or two, which is essential for the good of the club. For now, with myself, I'm always likely to put a young one in and I'm delighted to give them their debuts. It's like you're talking to do two different people because on the one side, he says something like that, that oh, I'd love to give them their debuts and someone like me would you know, put the young ones in. And says how great Taylor Gardner-Hickman is on and off the pitch. But then just reverts back to type <laughs> like <laughs> two or that's, three days later. That's why That's why he's Uncle Steve. <laughs> because he always says nice things about people when he's asked about them. Yeah. So he's Uncle Steve. It just seems odd to me. For me, TGA should be occupying that, occupying that right back position because he just... He just seems, every time he comes on, he impresses me. Every time that he's involved, he seems to do good things. And he's and he's one of our own. He's a youngster. He's come through the academy. I want to see our academy players get their chance. And when you see somebody knocking on the door so much, you think, what's he going to do to get a chance, Steve? Uncle well, he, Steve. Did re- he did really well, uh, from what uh, from what I understand, in the cup game, started. And, um, and well, we all know the way he performed last season. Uh, and we all know that for a, a big chunk of the uh, of the season, Matt Phillips was missing uh, uh, through injury. And uh, and since the opportunities he's had this season has produced what? So along yeah. comes this opportunity uh, to to well to bring off Furlong, and and it was tactical. Uh, I don't think Furlong had taken a knock or was injured. Or at least I'm I'm not aware of it. Um, it seemed tactical to me to put somebody on so that we could we could overload them defensively on the right hand side. So so I think that was the idea. But I, I just can't see these days how Matt Phillips overloads anything. I, I just want to see young, hungry players given their opportunity in the first team. And um, that was a good opportunity for TGH to come on uh, and combine with with um, with Wallace. Because I'd like to see that that sort of um, relationship, if you like, given given the opportunity to flourish. Yeah. No, well said. Um, so moving away from 
uh, transfers and obviously TGH. Uh, have your say. I was a little bit late putting the post out today, so I do apologise. I only put it out like an hour ago. So obviously I haven't really given chance, people chance to uh, reply. But we've got the one I want to, one do want to talk about, and it's from uh, Jeff Banks. Thank you very much for um, your tweet on Twitter, Jeff Banks, obviously. Um, and he said, if you're a TGA, TGH, are you looking for the exit door? Um, which is obviously something we've just been talking about. I'd hope he isn't. I don't. I think loaning him out would be a real poor decision because I think Uncle Steve will cotton on to this eventually. You know, for all my criticism, he is an experienced manager and he's going to see that Darnell Furlong is inconsistent at the very least and TGH can do a better job of that position and probably make a good partnership with Wallace going forward. Yeah, I think he's probably not looking for the exit door at the moment because it's so early in the season. Um, I think by the time we get to January, if, if he's still, if he's still just you know shining the bench with his butt, I think. Well, if I was if I was his agent um, and his and and his parent, to be honest with you, uh, you probably grandparent these days. Um, it, I think I'd be urging him to uh, to go and play regular football somewhere because he's a really talented lad, yeah. Uh, and he's just not getting the opportunity at right fullback uh, or wing back uh, f- for WBA. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is because obviously he played, I think, the whole game against Sheffield United, and it was only what like two or three days between the two games. So maybe you're thinking he he doesn't want to rush him in, and he was still tired from the Sheffield United game. I hope against Cardiff he will get that chance. So looking towards, so we did talk about him briefly already, the Cardiff and Hull game. So let's talk about Cardiff first. They're currently fifth. They've played three and they've won two. So yeah, pretty, pretty good stuff from them. Um, but I still expect them to be a team for us to beat. Um, and we need to really, don't we? Because we really need to start getting some wins together um, because it's all well and good playing well, but you need to get the results on the, on the board, don't you? We need to get some wins on the board. What we need to do is play like we did in the first 25 minutes of the second half against Middlesbrough and like we did for the whole game against Watford um, against for 90 minutes against both of the teams coming up. Yeah. Um, Cardiff are a strange side. You never quite know what you're going to get with them, to be fair. Um, but we, we, t- we tend to do pretty well against them. And we need to, but we, we've got to stop the low quality basics going wrong. And I think we, I think we're well capable of it. We got, we have got a good side. We've got some, I mean, with, with Swift and Wallace and, and the, the other obvious players who've got quality in their game, um, we should have plenty to beat Cardiff and Hull. Uh, it's, it's whether or not we can actually get it to click, um, I think Yokozlu, uh, he's got to be coming up for a start, please God. Um, yeah. At, at the expense of uh, of Jake, um, I know he's club captain Jake, and I don't want to clobber him, but Yokozlu looks like quality when he's on the pitch. Yeah. He looks unruffled. He, he looks a cut above what we've got uh, in the in the midfield at the moment. Uh, he, I mean, he looks head and shoulders above Livermore um, and so it can only be surely uh, a little bit of fitness um, 
a little bit of cardiovascular fitness that's that's holding him back surely so he's got to be looking for a start this week uh as i say please please lord please please uncle steve somebody listen to me (laughs) right so our next podcast will be uh in a week it will be on the 22nd of August. Um, the game's going pretty thick and fast at the minute, and it's a bit difficult. Obviously, last week, I think it was Wednesday we released. We're trying our best to hit our Monday slots, but because the games are just so frequent and so all over the place, it's sometimes difficult. But, yeah, our next podcast will be in a week on the 22nd of August, like I said. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you can. On uh, Twitter, I am at MikeyWBFC, and on Facebook, if you search for all things WBFC or all things Albion, you'll find us over there. Um, if you wouldn't mind helping the podcast out by subscribing uh, on your podcast platform of choice, whether it be Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, or Stitcher, um, it is really appreciated. Thanks for your time, Steve. It's always good to talk about the Albion and hopefully next time we chat we might have one or two wins under our belt. Boing boing. Well, you know what they say? Work is a four-letter word and it's also the bane of the podcaster. Boing boing. <laughs> boing boing, pal. <laughs>